Welcome back to Optimist Vaccine. I'm Steve, and joining me is Adam Myros. Uh, hello, Steve. Hello. Uh, now, Myros, I got a question for you. We've, we, we tend to do a lot of these uh, sometimes multi-part episodes where we cover a filmmaker or, you know, a, a great actor or actress. Uh, you'll recall when we did, you know, uh, Nicole Eggert. That was a good one. Or when we did... Uh, was that really a multi-part? Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe it was. Who's who's to say? Well, it's part of uh, our 90s we, Babe series that we, we yeah. partook of. Yeah, fair enough. The I babe. think it was just a regular episode in a Patreon special. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, I, I was thinking about the Babe guy specifically. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, they're, they're asking, they're saying, Steve, we love the Babes. We love them so much. Thank you so much for, for bringing the discussion of the Babes. When are you going to step in to the 21st century? When do we get babes of the 2000s? And I said, I, you know, I really don't know. Hypothetical. Haven't man. we discussed this? That the, 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 the culture changed mm. to a degree that such things don't quite exist because they weren't farming out like playmates to just slap into movies. And yeah, whatever. And, and exactly. And that's kind of where we landed. But now I'm starting to reconsider because... You know, the thing that's been on my mind is when are we going to do a Paris Hilton episode? Have you thought about this? I mean, as wretched as I'm sure, like that fucking movie where she's like making fun of a pig nosed girl or something Uh, is. I believe you're uh, referencing the hottie and the naughty. Yes, yes, correct. As wretched as that is, I, I can't imagine it to be worse than the the aughts comedy we watched for today's episode. So (laughs) why not? Sure, sure. I mean, people have tried to... Jack, Jack Easton is here, by the way. Jack, I, I am here, yes. Pe- uh, pe- people online, the uh, esteemed film Twitter cabal that you're, you're a part of, they seem to be trying to reclaim House of Wax. Is, is that accurate? That, that is a thing, yes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, one of the movies we're going to be discussing in this episode is, is well-loved on, on film Twitter, and they're all wrong. But, you know, these things happen. There's, sure. there's always yeah. missteps, misjudgments, you know, mm-hmm. so. See, this film could represent an entry into the, the Ots Babe uh, series, you know. Mm-hmm. We, who knew that uh, Giselle Punchin had a film career? I was unaware. I'm not sure this is a film career, but certainly yeah. it's a film. I gotta be honest. Well, it's I... a much bigger film than Anna Nicole Smith ever started. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did kind of look into Giselle Bunchen's uh, film career, and this was during her Leonardo DiCaprio phase uh, of dating. When I think she was like, "Yeah, I'll give the acting a try," because she was really the—I mean, the biggest supermodel in the world, and arguably the last supermodel really uh, to ever uh, infiltrate culture. And I, I don't think she really did anything else. Like she did this, and she has some supporting roles and a few other small things, but really not a lot of work out there. And it's odd because. Is Giselle Bunchen a good actress? No. Is no. she better than a lot of things in the movie we're going to be talking about today? Oh, absolutely. I, I was going to say, she's sure as shit not the problem. And, and it's, mm-hmm. no. not, the, not the fucking problem. Exactly. So let me, no, let me in, double in back a little. one of perhaps cinema's worst uh, ensemble casts in the history of <laughs> filmmaking, she, she's not the worst. No, That's she's, not the worst. she's not the worst. She's not the worst. I do want to double back and, you know, to the Paris Hilton thing. and. You know, just just pitching this again for the future, because we know that the one thing we love to do and the one thing our listeners love is when we're just talking about what else we should be doing instead of talking about what we actually did. Uh, Did you know 
that Paris Hilton, I wouldn't say during the height of her power, but when she was still a very relevant cultural figure, 2006. She had a sex tape. Well, people, yeah, it's possible. One night <laughs> it's in Paris. It's big trivia from Steve. It's a big trivia. Did you know she did a sex tape? No. Uh, it, it's something I, I, would, I would rather watch her sex tape, I think. Did you know she made a movie called Bottoms Up? And it's a romantic comedy. And do you know who her romantic interest is? Her love interest in this is. Uh, it's uh, one of the greatest the thespians of our time, Jason Muse. <laughs> Whoa, well, that's not where I was headed. No, no one's no like one Jason going Lee if you were going to go in that world. Right? So romantic comedy. Paris Hilton is the like the down to earth, uh, just kind of like every woman, which is that's amazing. A huge acting that's stretch great for casting. Her. Yeah, really good <laughs> casting. Uh, Jason Mewes, uh, lovable scamp, uh, just such a great, how did he never get an Oscar? It's hard to say. Uh, supporting role from David Keith, who's that guy that's not Keith David. And you just, you see his face, you're like, I know that guy. And then you, you oh, that's, that's David Keith. And here's the best part. Here's the hard sell. You ready for this, Jack? I, I uh, don't know if I could be ready for what's coming next based on what's, what's preceded us. <laughs> One of the things, when I was looking into these Paris Hilton movies, because I had this thought yesterday, uh, the, the one thing that kept popping up with Bottoms Up, did you know that uh, Paris Hilton calls a black person the N-word with a hard R in this movie? But, and what in a romantic was, comedy what from 2006. This? 2006! That feels a little late to be doing that, yeah, in the mass culture. It feels a little late, I gotta say. 1936, okay. <laughs> 2006? Two, 2006? No, 1996, totally acceptable. Wouldn't even bat an eyelid. Yeah. But 2006 is, uh, that's, that's pushing it, yeah. certainly. Mm -hmm. was like, there was like this incredible thing. I feel like it was, like, honestly, I think it was around, like, you know, hard, hard to gauge it fully, but, like, really 99 to 2000, just suddenly overnight, it was like, oh, but, like, are we supposed to watch this sort of thing? Like, are we supposed to, like, be careful about, la like, does language have meanings? And, and they <laughs> was suddenly, there was a big, a great awakening among the white mm -hmm. populace, and many, many, <laughs> many people rejected these, these things, of course, <laughs> and continue to reject them, because they're very, they're free thinkers, and they all have mm. the same arguments. And it's a yeah. wonderful thing, but yeah, uh, incredible, incredible time. I do wonder, Steve, do you think we'll ever get this preamble banter segment down to like a tight five? Do you think that's ever, ever going to happen no. for this show? No, never, oh. absolutely never going to happen. I mean, maybe at this point, is this, this is like a tight eight, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll whittle it down. Uh, no, I think. I mean, I'm, we can't like with these movies to discuss. Uh, we got a stretch here, so oh, it, no, I can go already. long on some of these. Probably not. Maybe that's the, like, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Some of these, uh, and and for me, it's like, do I want to talk about some of the movies we're talking about today, or do I want to talk about how it's fucking weird that Paris Hilton? There's a movie where she just says the N word in 2006 because that's crazy. See, there's a there's a distinct <laughs> correlation between celebrities with sex tapes and the use of, of said word. I think. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you so, seen the parallels uh, to be drawn? <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be fascinating science. Uh, we we should get a graph for our website. <laughs> yeah. Figure this figure this out. Yeah. So I, 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 to keep this banter section going, I, I think maybe you gave us an idea. It, I wonder if uh, I wonder if we can get a hold of uh, Clerks Three uh, if that has uh, found its way online. Yeah, it's it's uh, online. We, it, we're searching for a one-off, and 
I've heard some things about that that uh, that could that could be right in there. We could get on that Jason Muse train. That'd be a really good idea. Well, I am not going to be available for the next couple of weeks. I would strongly <laughs> suggest you follow your impulses right then. <laughs> Well, it seems like everyone in the movie has a heart attack or something. Yeah, I just seen like a lot of people died or something, so they didn't have to come back. I'm not sure. I wasn't really paying much attention. All I know is like three characters have a heart attack, and that that just makes me want to watch it. Because Kevin Smith had a heart attack, so that makes you think. You got to write what you know, you know? Apparently, yeah. Congestive heart failure? Seems appropriate for Clerks 3. Yeah, the last minute. <laughs> yeah, I I actually would be curious to watch that too because it's my understanding that it's like this whole like nostalgic trip. Like, hey, actually working at the the fucking liquor store was was good. Like, I don't think that was the point of the first <laughs> Clerks. But what do I know? I'm not Kevin Smith. Thank God. I, I mean, the the one thing you can say about Kevin Smith though, two nicest guys in Hollywood have got to be Kevin Smith and Adam Sandler because. Shit, they both have friends that literally are able to keep their SAG cards because they're willing to employ them. I mean, do you think anybody else so is what banging you're saying on Rob is, Schneider's uh, door? <laughs> people with sex tapes, racist. People wearing hockey jerseys, good, good men. Salt good men. of the earth. Salt of the earth, yeah. This is good. This is all for our, our data table that's going to go on the website. So we're teaching people things. But hey, we're not here to talk about hockey jerseys or Paris Hilton saying the N-word. We're actually here to talk about a, a, a topic that a lot of people love. All, all the film nerds, they're salivating for this one, because what do all the film nerds love? They love PTA. Can't get enough of it. So we're giving them the PTA episode that they asked for. And what's the P, you ask? Why? It's plain. We watch plain. <laughs> It's great. It's, uh, what's it about? It's about I a like fucking that. Plane. There must have been like a 10 seconds there where people were racking their brains to think when the fuck Giselle Bunchen might have been in a PTA. <laughs> I know that <laughs> could happen. Yeah. So they were just running the numbers in their head. Well, uh, I guess it would have made sense. Uh, boogie nights. Uh. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We're talking about fucking plane. Uh, what's plane? Well, it's it's a movie that I think the internet laughed at for five minutes because it's just called plane, which seems like uh, the working title that you, you change at some point. But I, you know, this is an honest movie. It's an honest movie made by honest people. Gerard Butler. We love him. He always looks like he's sweating. He needs a shower. He looks like he's, he's just overly, he's just overheating constantly. Like and, a, a dip in too. I feel like he's always got a dip yeah, thrown in. He's dip. got that look. His lip is like flapping all over time. Right. He's got dip lip for sure. And the other thing is, is, is he has been forced his entire career to put on an American accent and plane says no more. This is an honest fucking movie. It's got a plane in it. We're going to call it plane. And finally, Gerard Butler for the first time in his fucking career, which may or may not be true, but I'm saying it's true. He gets to use his Scottish accent and to the point where I think his American accent is better than his Scottish accent at this point. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> because he it kind of overdoes it. No, yeah. at one point in the beginning of the movie, he's just like, oh, I'm going to go eat some haggis. Like he just, he actually says <laughs> he's going to eat haggis. He's going to lay down the law early on and just let everyone know. It's like, oh, wow, he's Scottish. I think the closest he got previously was in PS I Love You. I think he got to play, he got to play Irish there, which seems cruel, frankly, because yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, you could easily have just made that movie about Scotland. It just, it's basically about having a boyfriend with an accent. That's it. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. Where is he meeting his daughter for the haggis, by the way? You'd think he would be headed back to Scotland, but it seems he's going to some tropical beach yeah, paradise. Like Hawaii for, for or something. Yeah, he's supposed to meet his, his daughter in Bora Bora. Well, is she getting married or what's her deal? He, he, I don't fucking know. All I know is he's going to have probably trouble sourcing haggis in, in this location. You just make it from scratch. Mm. I mean, like, all you need is a stomach <laughs> and something to put in a stomach. You know, how hard yeah. can that be to pick up? I bet in Hawaii they can make spam haggis. I know spam's a popular, you know, fill-in for, for your, your typical meat. So, uh, yeah. spam haggis, perhaps. Right, Sadly, they don't go say? into this in this movie. This is a haggis-free no. movie. It's also for a large period a plane-free movie, but um, so, mm -hmm. you know, it, whatever. Well, it's, it's a pretty plot-free movie. It's it's free of most <laughs> constraints. <I'll laughs> listen, listen, the plane is where it counts. It's at the beginning, which is fantastic, and the end, which is fantastic. Like the more time they spend on the plane, like that, that seems to really be the strength of plane. Uh, oddly enough, <laughs> there certainly are. It's devoid of uh, any exterior plane shots. That's for certain. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, you're not going to get a plane into into the wherever they're claimed they're in the Philippines or something. I don't know. It's not. It, it's literally the, for anyone who's wondering. The plot of plane is essentially that a man has to um a man has to uh fly. He's a pilot and he's told to go over a storm and they get hit by lightning and so he has to do a crash emergency landing and he actually lands in the fucking Mad Max universe somehow and mm -hmm. uh, that's a problem. So he has to... Well, that's just called Asia, Jack. That's, yeah. that's how we view things. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, totally regular stuff. They accidentally land in, in Mad Max Asia theme park <laughs> so they have to fight a bunch of, of terrible terrorists who are going to try and get them all, take them all hostage. And then they fly the plane out again. It's it's very exciting. Sorry, I shouldn't yeah. spoil the ending there. They do fly the plane again. It's not real. I don't yeah, they fly the plane in much, the beginning but... and the end. Uh, and, and really, Gerard Butler... I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, Matt Negley, I know you're listening. Uh, what's the next best picture? Maybe it's plain because Gerard Butler, he's he's kind of pulling a double sully here, here. Is he not? Is this not a double sully? Two he emergency kinda, landings? Yeah. You know, an emergency landing yeah. and an emergency takeoff and then another emergency landing is pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah. impressive. I will yeah. say talking, talking so about Butler. How does the train, how does the plane like get working again? I, it, it's like the most contrived. It was never not working. Like, apparently they just need like, to let we it cool dump off. The fuel, man. And so they dump the fuel, but half the fuel just doesn't dump for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they like, got enough Damn, fuel. Damn, we couldn't dump the fuel. And then later the, the plane just starts working again because because this Asian co-pilot uh, fiddled with some switches, and and then it yeah. was magically I assume fixed. there was a scene yeah. cut where his Asian co-pilot sticks a hose in the one wing that didn't dump, and like sucks on the hose a little bit, and gets like a flow going, and then sticks the other end of the hose <laughs> into the other wing mm -hmm. to balance out the fuel mm -hmm. supply. It's you know this is oh, yeah. airline maintenance one hundred and one. This is what you do, particularly yeah. under pressing conditions. Mm -hmm. It looked a lot like like when you trip a breaker. That's pretty much the, that was the solution to the plane the whole time. Well, yeah, you just yeah. Like go over to the box and go. Uh, they had to do uh, the plane uh, plane yeah. turns on switch had had accidentally the lightning and knocked it to the off position, which is a serious another mm -hmm. airline problem. I would say I think Jared Butler is great in this movie because um, I I'm thinking at this point like based on this and Den of Thieves and what's Gamer and a bunch of his other movies. I haven't seen a lot of his movies honestly. I've seen a few. I've missed the whole like has fallen franchise. Maybe maybe that's mm -hmm. an episode right there. Make me watch those. I've never seen them. But uh, you know, if Lon, uh, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, if if Lon Chaney is the man of a thousand faces, then I feel like Jared Butler is the man of a thousand grimaces. 
He's just he's got a grimace mm-hmm. for every occasion, and it's it's actually kind of it's kind of wonderful. I mean, actually, I I, Jack, actually, I, I enjoy I bad this. news for you, by the what? way. I think we uh we actually covered uh, Olympus's fallen or whatever the the drone one was. I want to say. We oh, covered okay. Well, I I wasn't on that episode. I've never seen that movie. I don't know what happens in it. So it doesn't exist. That <laughs> oh, episode's are, not there even are many real. Drones. If I didn't weigh in, uh, like a a giant horde of drones tr- kill the president. That's that's the movie. <laughs> okay. Damn, I hate that, when that happens. And you they see me like January sixth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm constantly confusing Gerard Butler with a drone, so that makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, this is great at it. I have a theory about this accent thing. Like, I mean, Gerard Butler has been going toe to toe with Liam Neeson for for many years now with these fucking. Do you, do you like, think Liam Neeson knows shit? That? <laughs> well, I think Liam Neeson is is winding down. I think we're recognizing Liam Neeson's winding down. So instead of positioning Gerard Butler as like the younger, hotter alternative. They're just officially like turning him into Liam Neeson. They're like, okay, now you now you can talk in Scottish because you're just Liam Neeson now, and as so mm-hmm. he can age gracefully, and we'll just make you him directly. Yeah, <laughs> good. I mean, I, honestly, not the not the worst strategy I've ever heard. To be honest, I mean, mm-hmm. we need him. We need we need people like that. It's I'm true. glad that that Gerard Butler has kind of like settled into this not quite DTV, but basically DTV action kind of segment, you know, because we don't get a lot of the, like the mid budget movies anymore. Like Gerard Butler is the only is this one. A this I don't know what it is, but, it, but it's like, it's really, it it's feels like, like you, it was made for about uh, $2 million. I feel sure. Like. Sure. But you don't, you don't get smaller movies like this, especially with action films. It's always, it's always, you know, these big tent pole things now. So it, it feels nice. Plane makes me happy. Uh, but God, like it's so funny to watch him evolve into this because, as we said before, he's always like crusty and sweaty and stubbly, and it's hilarious to me that he like really came to prominence with some like romantic comedy work. Like, isn't there a whole fucking movie where he's like handcuffed to Catherine Heigl, which sounds like a fucking nightmare? But there's, yeah, there's a little bit of overlap. Funny. I mean, Liam Neeson cut, you know, he he did his own little like. I mean, not quite romantic comedies, but a little bit more like drama, romance work. You know, he was mm-hmm. like a, a in a couple of Woody Allen films and stuff was like, you know, a, an eligible romantic kind of like attachment kind of guy. You know, he he did all that yeah. stuff. I mean, heck, and then prior like last week, we were talking Excalibur. He showed up in that and he got to put on mm-hmm. a knight's armor for a little while. But it was more of a dramatic role. Uh, it was only yeah. kind of later on that he got to, you know, it's like, hey, how about you should hunt down your daughter's white slave kidnapper and that just opened up so many doors for him as it does for so many people yeah absolutely absolutely oh by the way according yeah, I, to uh, according to google the budget for plane was about 25 million and so i don't know where that went necessarily but you know what i i like this movie probably more than certainly more than adam so you know i don't i don't mind what to spend 25 maybe someone pocketed no, this it. that's is, fine when we're talking about contemporary action films this is the fucking Mendoza line, okay? This is the most wonderfully adequate thing you could possibly watch. It's just entertaining I, enough. I, I, there's it's a word stupid, in there I don't quite buy, which is wonderfully, uh, I guess. <laughs> wonderfully but, uh, adequate. It's so adequate. It, 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 is, it is adequate. It, 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 like, if you think plain is like a placeholder title, well, prepare yourself, because this is a placeholder movie. Like, they, they, the whole script, it just feels like the most generic thing. You could possibly imagine, except it's like broken in many strange ways. Like 
like the heroes it's one of those rare films that celebrates the true heroes like uh private uh militias and uh, like mercenaries yeah. uh well yeah how else are you gonna that? work in asia which is you know got no law and order like that's what that's what the airline had to do after their totally honest mistake of sending a bunch of paying customers through a lightning storm yeah, I do like the idea then, that like Spirit Airlines has fucking black water on speed dial just in case yeah, one of their planes yeah. goes that down. That seems to be like when they introduce the guy who brings in the militia, Scarsdale. You're like, oh, <laughs> this guy's gonna be like the the villainous like weasel, and it's like, no, he's the corporate good man. He's super great. He's on the side of the people, and I'm like, what? This movie is so strange. Like it sets up all these character arcs that don't get followed up by like Mike Coulter. He's this sinister murderer who was like on the plane at the last minute. And you're like, okay, well this movie's going to be his redemption arc. And they're going to be buddies. And it's like, it, it's not really. He just kind of like goes off murdering everyone for no reason. I think the lesson, yeah. it's not like he has some realization. He's just like a fucking murderous scumbag it's, who also helps the, the people we're I, supposed to I be I do like that there, yeah, there's a single line of dialogue to kind of like muddy that where he's, he's in coughs and he's like, he's a homicide we're bringing back to the US and he's just kind of like later on he just says, you know, I was really young and some stuff happened and you know I, it just didn't look good for me so that could mean anything and you're right, he mm -hmm. just, he habitually just kind of goes off himself and just kind of murders several people, but you know, it's for the right side I'm, I guess, yeah. I guess and the he does of the dopest move of all time too, where if you commit a serious crime, you join the French Foreign Legion, True, that's fucking you know? awesome that's, that's some real you know. like 1930s shit, I'm into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should they should do a prequel. There could be a prequel to, to Plane that's just said Foreign Legion. It could be a little Beau Travail mm -hmm. meets meets Plane kind of a thing. They could they could make that work. Which which is in it's just it does it so backwards though, is my thing. Like you want like Gerard Butler's character should be the one who has to like compromise his morals and he should be the one throwing a sledgehammer at some bad guys by the end. And Mike Coulter should be the one who's kind of seeing the, the more humane ways, as opposed to this where we're like We've introduced this guy as a dangerous loner. Turns out he's a dangerous loner. <laughs> he just walks around smashing people's skulls in with a hammer. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Right, which is part yeah. of why this movie cool. works pretty well. I mean, and the lesson of playing, I guess, is don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, but what what is it is not so much whether the book is is good or bad or like what you think it would be. It's more that just look like every book has its place. Right? And in in a world that happens to be just kind of Asian lawless wasteland. You just you just need a couple of people who just know how to kill other people, and that's mm -hmm. fine. And don't question like. And you need a guy back home in your airline, just in the headquarters, is like, no, don't worry, I know some people for this. Yeah, they're hardened mercenaries. I've got a it's easy. <laughs> you know, you need that guy. What would they have done without them? They would have died in a jungle in Mad Max Stan. It does. It goes full Death Wish with the villains too, where it's like. You you expect these separatists would have some sort of agenda. Maybe <laughs> no. they'd want to keep these hostages to trade them for something, a political negotiation of some sort. But it seems that their aim is to uh, shoot a handy cam video of them and then shoot them all in the head for no reason. I assume they were probably, <laughs> probably going to ask for, for a ransom, but then they just, you know, like postage is so expensive. It just it's too difficult to send people back. So, yeah, you get the money and then you you shoot them and you put them in the forest. 
you know, it's uh, yeah. It, it, who who fr- why fret the details? Like the important things about <laughs> plane to me are first off, I think actually the the opening sequence on the plane with the emergency landing, it's handled pretty well. Because if there's something I like in a movie, and plane is a movie, it's just kind of it just it's got a couple of things I like. For step one, it's got seemingly expert people doing expert things against the odds. You know, I don't know anything about planes. I don't know anything about pilots. But it seemed like, oh, you know, these guys, this is going to be tough. How are they going to get out of this? It's like, oh, we've got to do some math quietly in our heads. We've got to know this or that. And it's like, it's just very reassuring to sit there and watch them do all that, you know, and, and be heroic. Heroic while wearing, you know, white dress shirts and... uh hanging around you know works pretty well and then later on in the movie they do one of my other favorite things which is there's just a man with an obscenely large caliber sniper rifle just dissolving people yes that's you know yeah you can't go wrong like not every movie thinks to include that so one of the best things you can do in a movie is just blast a dude in the chest with a 50 cal rifle right and then watch his body bounce off a car nothing nothing better than shooting man through a car that's into another car this this to me it, it perfectly that scene perfectly describes like my conflicted feelings on plane uh, everything you say about this sort of competence in efficiency in heroism and and just sort of performing a task boy was that refreshing coming off uh, uh, the next movie we'll discuss uh, but or, or one of the next two movies we'll discuss <laughs> but I, I I will say that uh, that sniper scene is yeah there's there's a lot of pleasure in it. But the problem is the f- film is so muddily made at times that I was not sure whether it was the uh, heroic mercenaries or the evil terrorists who were firing said giant no, caliber it's easy to tell rifle. because the giant caliber rifle is cool and high tech, whereas the mm-hmm. terrorists are just a bunch of like just, you know, hick backwards folks they have a rocket launcher but it looks like some shit out of like 70s afghanistan like it's non doesn't even have like a digital screen on it doesn't make beeping noises so you know it's bullshit yeah. you know it's just what'd like, you get that from your dumb mujahideen uncle exactly it's just stupid said, yeah. it's a stupid nonsense See, I, tech i initially thought it was it was putting the heroes in peril oh no the bad nah. guys are picking them off one by one before they can get to the plane and it was like no, this is is literally not here for any reason other other than to show people get. I fucking- suppose at this point it's probably worth mentioning. So, so this film is directed by uh, Jean Francois Richet, who who I actually didn't know had transitioned to the U.S. Uh, but the only films I've ever seen are are the two Mezrin films he made with uh, with with Vincent Cassel, which are really were re- I haven't seen them in years now, but I remember them being pretty. Pretty fun, entertaining movies, but they are about, of course, Jacques Mezrin, who was a real-life criminal, bank robber, murderer, ne'er-do-well. And so far as I recall from those films, and like I said, it's been years since I've seen them, and it's a two-part thing, but I'm pretty sure the general run of them is that being a murderous criminal is just cool as hell. I think that's the, like, I I remember one point they, they just, they fucking storm a jail to like a prison to release some people they literally they just enact a full-scale military assault on a prison in france which that doesn't seem like a thing that happened certainly the way they they portray it but you know so thinking that as like your baseline for the movie it does make sense how this film basically comes in with like the criminals he's a good guy and the good guy he's a good guy and the you know in peril victims are also, you know, t- tactically out, uh, outnumber, outgun the the really bad guys, and the really bad guys all just die horribly, and they live their lives in 
cowering desperation in between that. Uh, you know, all the politics, it all fits in place, because so far as I can tell, the director just doesn't give a shit. And uh, that's mm-hmm. just See, kind of a thing. What's surprising to me is you're telling me this director ha- has made a slick action movie in the past, yet none of the dialogue in this movie referenced that previous movie. Uh, I, the, none of the characters stopped what they were doing <laughs> to tell me how cool Mezzarine Killer Instinct is. <laughs> I really need more of that in, in my film, personally. That's, that's true. That's, that's what we call a foreshadowing for this, through this episode here. Uh. <laughs> well, well, is there anything else to say about plain the movie that couldn't be bothered no, to it is even a write solid, a title to me to me plain is like it's a salt like this is just the a three star action movie oh you the know gentleman's three star yeah for sure for absolutely sure. what is the scale here five stars yeah five yeah, stars oh, yeah. would be okay, would be good okay. three stars is no god no out of ten no it, it would be a six out of no, ten i thought you were doing out of four the classic four stars oh like, no that's oh, dude is so that, generous no, no i know <laughs> no, inflation no. you've got five stars four stars could never capture the, the riches of cinema now mm-hmm well, I'm yeah. going to go two and a half on this one. It is the definition of right down the fucking middle, baby. Yeah, I believe <laughs> two and I mean, a half and three stars are basically the same thing. No one ever didn't go to the cinema for a half a star. <laughs> yeah, well, if you go to see this in the cinema, at least you get to see uh, Mike Coulter bash people's heads in with a hammer. And if you guys get exploded by a high caliber uh, sniper rifle. And that's, mm-hmm. that's probably all you need, really. I'm, yep. I'm actually a little bit mission. surprised um, that they didn't do like the Steven Seagal thing where like I'm I, where they do the terrorist video saying the women are all wearing just a regular amount of clothing. That's a bit surprising to me just within the genre of, you know, kidnap movies, you know, kidnapping white people movies. But I suppose it is really difficult to write in that like a bunch of girls would just get on a plane in bikinis. So I guess they just mm-hmm. they, it just couldn't fly in this movie. Just like the plane. Oh, that was the other really weird, like, setup and no payoff thing. Like, the, with the, the, nobody dies. Like, none of the passengers die except for the two who die in yeah, the plane Yeah, there's a two, crash, right? no, no, there's two, two, uh, nameless Asian people run as soon as they're confronted by the terrorists. They run and they're both yeah, murdered they really quickly. Okay, but the point is they set up this fucking, like, Weasley asshole, uh, Matt Sinclair. Oh, yes, right. He's this bald, like, whiny guy in the jungle. And it, it, the entire utility of that character in this type of movie is to be murdered, and he, he's never murdered. No, he's he's just fucking fine throughout the whole thing. I'm I like, mean, what isn't, the fuck? isn't that a, that's a thing? You know, you don't always get what you want in the real world. That's a, that's a valuable lesson Plane has taught us. Yeah, I was kind of mad that that guy didn't get killed because he looks exactly like Scott Adams, and I and yeah. he's just like a insufferable prick. So I was like, cool. Like, I, I hope he. It's capped, and he does. He like catches a bullet, but then he's fine. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably fine. He's probably gonna get. Any, they they should have they should have ended the film and then just had like a little text screen that just says he was murdered in a mugging <laughs> in downtown New York two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, Gilbert's, I think that's Gilbert's what bothers gone. me a little bit about Old Plane is that it just it sets up like all these satisfying like DTV genre tropes and then follows throughout absolutely none of. <laughs> it is impressive. It is. I, I mean. I'm sure, I'm sure our director's English is very good, but it does feel like something was just lost in translation. Like he just, he, but he, like he got the general gist of it. But yeah, a lot of things here don't really work out that well. But you know, I think, I think this one comes in under 90 minutes, maybe, maybe a little over, but you know, like it's, it's, it's pleasantly Jack, efficient. This is 107 minutes. <laughs> is it cheap? Well, how much did I love this movie? 
that <laughs> it felt it felt like a breezy 90 minutes to me. So, you know, that's, I mean, God, maybe it's a three and a half star film just for just for <laughs> magicking 15 minutes of my life away without me even realizing it. Yeah, that's the power of cinema. That's the power of well, Butler's grimacing. It just transported listen, me to another realm. If we're talking PTA, we got to get to our T. And a lot of people, they, they don't know what the T is in PTA. They're like, I, I, I'm struggling. Paul who? What? No, no, it's taxi. It stands for taxi. Paul Taxi Anderson. <laughs> Paul That's what they call Taxi him. Anderson. Oh, and God. Now, now you're probably thinking the taxi, taxi, Steve. Are you guys? Are you guys watching that famous uh, TV series? No, 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 no. Let me take you <laughs> we back. We watched to all 300 fucking episodes of Taxi. <laughs> 300 episodes. Great. Andy Kaufman, top of his game. No, we uh, we watch what's what's the opposite of Andy Kaufman? That's right, it's Jimmy fucking Fallon. We watch Taxi from two thousand. I don't know. They both seem to practice anti comedy. <laughs> yeah, w- one more intentionally than the other. I, I don't know if it matters in the end. This is uh, this is something else, man. I I do want to say before we get into how Jimmy Fallon is a fucking cancer. Uh, director Tim Story, probably not a name that sticks out to you. Uh, what do you mean? He's Fantastic known... Foreman. <laughs> yeah, he did the the remember like 2005 Fantastic Four, and then that like Silver Surfer sequel from a few years later. He did those. But what I really like about him is he also directed Ride Along and Ride Along Two with Kevin Hart, which is basically the same thing as fucking Taxi. And so he really <laughs> like he kind of found his niche, you know. And and I uh, I respect the man for that. So. We, uh, and we yeah, have another it, francophone connection here, because of course this started a, a, with the Luc Besson French film, and they decided they would remake that, but they would make it longer and more Jimmy Fallon-esque, uh, which are two things probably no one has ever asked for from a, from a comedy movie in the early 2000s, but that's, that's what we got, and I'd seen this movie before for some reason, I don't know why, maybe because I do actually enjoy the Luc Besson film, uh, but... Mm-hmm. It's worse than I remembered it, and I didn't really. I just remembered it being bad, but it's it's really quite bad. Yeah, oh, I, I I could just I I couldn't do it. I, this is this is just pulling teeth, man. I had a lot of trouble with this film. It's it's pretty rough. Uh, so if you don't know, it's uh, it's Queen Latifah and Jimmy fucking Fallon and the villainous Giselle Bundchen, and this is just it's it's a marvel of casting because one I, I could never believe in a million years that jimmy fallon is either one funny or two a convincing police officer he's got this horrific fucking haircut he just looks like a greased up little fucking piggy and he, there's no jokes you know even no. if he let's say that like he was an actual comedian it's just him mugging which is the thing that I hate the most about Jimmy Fallon is people think he's funny. And it's like, no, he just like laughs at other people's the jokes most, and mugs the most at the confusing, camera. The most confusing thing about this film is that there are no jokes in it. And yet Jimmy Fallon still corpses on several occasions. Like he just breaks character mm-hmm. to laugh in the middle of scenes. But there's, there's no jokes occurring in the film that he would even be laughing at. Uh, very confusing um, kind of a, a situation. It's It's a... Like it opens, it opens kind of pretty, pretty okay. It opens with like Beyonce's crazy in love booming, and we got some mm-hmm. bike stunts, and you know, like all on New York shots, you know, like lots of iconic New York City locations. And you know, it's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, 2004, I remember that. 
and then just then it just dies on its ass um, for a many much longer period of time before eventually in the finale just even giving up on being set in New York I've never seen like short of Rumble in the Bronx I've never seen a film so quickly dump the Big Apple as a location just like <laughs> fuck this yeah. we're not even going to try and hide it anymore we're we're not there so yeah it's it's really it's it's gosh it's it's kind of impressive like 2004 i guess even then it was apparent that hollywood was going through like a charisma drought which has not gotten Mm -hmm. any better i mean like jimmy fallon heading up a film is that must have seemed like a long shot i don't know i mean he was on saturday night live is has he headed up any other films beyond this i don't i don't Uh, recall yeah there's that uh baseball movie right fever pitch oh okay yeah baseball movie i never would have seen that those things don't travel no one knows well i'm not baseball is that it but yeah i wouldn't see it because it's a jimmy fallon movie personally well that that's that's fair but i mean i wouldn't have expected i I'm not, like, super familiar with old Fallon. I've seen enough to know I'm not fond of him, but it's not like I was watching his era of Saturday Night Live, nor am I watching fucking late-night television these days. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going through his career, his, his acting uh, filmography, and he is credited in almost everything as Jimmy Fallon. He's, like, his only role he can successfully actually transform himself into is himself. Well, this is just, like, of your all-time, like, buddy cop uh, duos i can't think of a worse one like the my god <laughs> the 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 interplay between queen latifah and jimmy fallon is just like oh i gotta fucking shut this off like if i had a disc <laughs> i'd snap it in two it's, like holy shit it's, it's pretty just, cool it's like the whole movie exists to pretty much make the jay leno pat marita project like look pretty good as like talk show host actor kind of setup like i mean jay leno probably look must have seen this one he's like all right that's some heat off me like no one's gonna be <laughs> no one's gonna be burning me for a while uh yeah the, the key issue with taxi i think fundamentally for for as a comic vehicle is that uh jimmy fallon's supposed to be playing a lovable loser that's the key he's supposed to be a lovable <laughs> loser this is like a key comic character but he's just a loser like, there's nothing likable even about him at all, let alone the whole concept of, like, his his thing with Jennifer Esposito that we're supposed to believe she, like, likes him at all and wouldn't, like, basically as a New York police city police officer fucking shoot him somewhere and plant evidence and just get away with it. Like, because she could have done that easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what would have happened. Like, Jimmy found as a police officer in this movie, would he would have been Serpico'd fucking years before this thing started. Uh... And that would have been a better movie, actually. Uh, honestly, if this had opened with the Jimmy Fallon getting shot in the face, I would have given it three stars automatically. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a lot better. Jesus Christ. I, you know what? It, hear me out here. So thinking about like this era of SNL with Jimmy Fallon when he was ruining every fucking sketch he was in, do you guys think that Chris Kattan has had a better career than Jimmy Fallon in terms of like film output? Obviously, Jimmy yeah. Fallon landed in a better place. But like, not that I'm saying I fuck with Corky Romano or anything, but like, if I had to watch Corky Romano instead of I guarantee it's better than this. It's got to be better than this, right? At least his performance in it must be better. Like, he's a person who I don't find him particularly funny, but he's like doing things. Like, this is just like the day. He's good in Southland Tales. I mean, like like Night at the Roxbury, like people fondly recall that film. No one on earth fondly recalls taxi no one's ever brought this movie up in a no one no one's ever brought this movie up i don't know what the hell we're doing here we're, well, I mean, we're even, the like, grave robbers 
the fact that Jimmy Fallon has like landed on his feet and like every fucking like 35 year old white woman with just like nothing to offer the world fucking loves his ass. What name one memorable Jimmy Fallon sketch from his time on SNL? We can't we can't name a memorable or good Jimmy Fallon movie or role. Name a name a sketch that he was like a, a character, anything, anything from his SNL run. A single thing. This no, is the golden era of SNL, really. Like by most mo most people's assessments, like this is this is fucking it. Name one fucking thing that he did. You can't do it. You well, absolutely man. can't do it. It's fucking impossible. I never, ever in the history of comedy has someone like just fucking landed on his feet and, and just maintained his position as relevant culturally for so long with, with so little. It's shocking. The only thing that I like about Jimmy Fallon is I saw a video and it was, uh, I think it was some stand-up comedian who, I, I don't even like him that much, but this was fucking funny. Uh, Anthony Jelesnik or something. And he was talking about how he got fired from writing on the Jimmy Fallon show because Jimmy, like after every show would make the writers come in the room and like pitch him ideas for the next show after the show had wrapped. And like every single day for a week, he would just pitch. What if we filled a pinata with blood and Jimmy Fallon just completely like lost it and fired him. So I think that's fucking funny. Also filling a pinata with blood funnier than anything Jimmy Fallon has ever done. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Fucking taxi sucks. Even even the idea of like Queen Latifah is charismatic enough, and I think she can she can carry shit if she needs to. But horribly miscast here. What she's a NASCAR yeah. fanatic who is also a a bike messenger. It's very <laughs> weird when she pulls the helmet off and after the opening sequence, and it's Queen Latifah. Also, because well, yeah. the intro is not like a body double of Queen Latifah by any fucking no, stretch. No, no, it's <laughs> totally just entirely different person. Yeah, because yeah, you know, why would like details? I, I guess that's what this film is all about. Like details, specificity matters. You know, like a lot of people regard these films as like, you know. Oh, you know, if you turn your brain off, it's it's fine, you know, that kind of like idea. But like, really, even in a broad kind of goofy comedy like that, there has to be specific details fleshed out to make us know, you know, these characters have to relate in some kind of way other than that the fact that they're just in a scene together. Nothing's here. Like, it's it's just this completely just barren wasteland of just hodgepodge of just not very good ideas. The villains are completely anonymous. Shell Bunshin, as we mentioned, is by no means the weak part of this movie. She's just, she stands there and looks like a supermodel. We have no idea what the robbers are doing, what makes them tick. They're just, they're, they speak Portuguese. Some, like, they, literally, their only character trait, honestly, is just that they're, they speak Portuguese and they're all supermodels. Um... Mm -hmm. That's about it. Like, like, there's just it's it's there's nothing to like bond them or to make any of this work in the slightest. And you just end up just staring. It's just end endlessly boring scenes full of, like you say, Jimmy Fallon just mugging. Uh, it's yeah, it really, it really kind of it, it sucks. And and Queen Latifah yeah. also Some interestingly opportunities too, because there's a there's a whole scene where Giselle Bunchen and her girl gang uh, of like hot bank robbing chicks are just like in their underwear in a BMW and they get pulled over and then they have to like get out and pop the trunk and just be in their underwear. And the cops like va va voom. And like his eyes are popping out of his head and he's like a wolf and his tongue is like rolling out. No, uh, he's, 
he's horny about it. But total missed opportunity to use the uh, the song, the Oh Yeah song from Yellow. You know, that would have been a, a great drop there and, and just totally missed it. So what would have been uh, something. Yeah, everything is shit. <laughs> oh God! You just reminded me of that scene where fucking Giselle Bundchen just like gropes Jennifer Esposito for no reason because this movie yeah. is a Bud Light commercial and I fucking it is a Bud die. Light commercial. <laughs> yeah, really, Jennifer yeah. Esposito also wonderfully miscast as Jimmy Fallon's lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, all around like the casting director for this is it is it a gargoyle? You know they 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 fucking rot hell upon this earth like what uh, what a fucking thing this is i it, this is by far the shortest of the three movies and feels it, it feels, it feels I, would, yeah, I would not have got that question right if you'd asked me this one feels like it's like a solid two two hours 27 minutes easy yeah, I, I had to stop it I, I had to take some breaks in this one i i couldn't do it i i no. feel like queen latifah is not to blame here, but I don't know. I, th- I feel like we could probably do like a whoopee esque uh, series on her career because it feels like this is a this is a very whoopee role where it's just like completely thankless. And I mean, just I know it was hung out to dry. Like, it was how are you gonna dis- fucking play off this piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's in dispute at the, at that point. But I think it is. I think historically looking back, it is a little interesting that she's just cast as like unequivocally straight in the movie. She's got her really hunky boyfriend. Uh, you know, and they're really in love. And, you know, on on one level, that's fine. You know, like, you know, Queen Latifah absolutely can play straight. Like, she's not doing anything wrong. But I just think it's really funny that the movie amidst, you know, there was discussion about this at the time and about Queen Latifah's personal life and what she represented. They just, they, like, they can't even, they go to, like, the most incredibly traditional masculine feminine thing. I guess she's like a tomboy. She She's the, you know, mm-hmm. she likes cars and things, which is, it just doesn't scan at all within the film. Like, she just doesn't seem to be, there's no explanation for her. She also speaks Portuguese, and I don't remember if they ever explained that, but they just need that, because otherwise no one knows what the bad guys are saying. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's just, again, like details, specificity, just like, oh, like, oh, this is why you bring in that script doctor to, like, just sharpen it up. It's they clearly didn't bother. They just this this is like, you know, a second draft that they managed to get down to, like, feature length. They're like, fair enough. And, and the typical, I feel like, Hollywood solution that's destroyed Hollywood comedy for 20 plus years now, which is like, well, Jimmy Fallon is reportedly funny and Queen Latifah certainly has been in lots of comedy. She certainly can be funny. So we don't really need anything else. Like if we put them in a movie together, it's a comedy. And that's, mm-hmm. that seems to be all they leveled on. It's just like, if we put two, if you put two funny people in the scene, then I mean, it's going to be funny. Clearly that's that real right itself. It doesn't. That's not a thing at all. What the uh, fuck is yeah. Anne Margaret doing stuck in this goddamn disaster? Slumming it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Everyone yeah, is, everyone is, is that even a reference element. to anything? Like, that didn't seem like a callback or, or and just, just, they, I mean, she was, a, I guess she was like a, a sex symbol in her day in the way that Giselle Bunchen was in 2004. It seems, I don't know what else to make of it. Also, one thing I liked about this movie that I just want to call out um, is that at one point uh, when they're discussing the criminals and how good they are, they mentioned that the uh, they, the last bank that they hit, that they were in and out in 35 seconds. And I'm just curious about that bank robbery because that just seems like they might have like snatched some money out of the till. Because I don't think you could even <laughs> open a safe in 35 seconds, let alone Listen, get in and out. Uh, the dopest detail in this whole movie is so you know 
the titular taxi driven by Queen Latifah. It's like a transformer. So she like hits a button and like the turbocharger comes out and all this shit and like a spoiler pops out to make it go fast. And she finally gets to live her dream of being a race car driver at the end. And her sponsorship for her like little NASCAR thing, because she's driving the <laughs> taxi for NASCAR. York. It just says Banks of New York. Like all the banks got together and like, <laughs> let's get the taxi lady a fucking sponsor for her car. I'm, I'm by it's no means wonderful. a NASCAR so a NASCAR expert. Is, is New York a major NASCAR hotspot? Is that like a... To my early... knowledge, it's not. <laughs> I think it's, it's safe to say that it, that is not, not accurate. Uh, this is this is breaking it's breaking fucking boundaries man we're, we're smashing through the glass ceiling and this is the movie that taught us that uh black new york lesbian cab drivers can can be in nascar and be accepted and, okay? and it's like, it as has long a as they have the backing of big banks that's what matters the big bank and they have a cameo on your side they have a cameo from like a nascar driver too i don't know which one because who the fuck knows jeff who NASCAR gordon, knows. Jeff gordon. Jeff gordon. Okay. Oh. he's one of one of them's famous enough you kind of have heard of him of, of like nascar yeah. the fucking left-hand turning champion of the world and uh, it's just like oh you know who is this movie for this New York set comedy and the audience settling in like, I'm just here for Jeff Gordon. Who the, like this movie doesn't make any goddamn sense. Who's for they, everyone. It's for are everyone. we here for Giselle Bundchen? Are we here for Jimmy Fallon? God forbid. Or Jeff let's let's Gordon talk cameo? about this Venn diagram. What's, <laughs> what's the middle of the Venn diagram between Jeff Gordon and fucking Queen Latifah. And the answer is only this movie. <laughs> And not any person Tax or anything evasion. else. I, you know. Tax of- <laughs> well, you I would no think like glue. this would be the Queen Latifah movie. I mean, the story's previous breakout hit was Barbershop. So you think that's, that's who's coming mm-hmm. to see this, right? But my God. <laughs> they sure shit took every step they could make to make sure that they would not be showing up for this. Yeah. No. Jesus. Imagine trying to sit through this in the theater. I'd have fucking walked out 15 minutes in. Yeah, you know, I, I guess the last word on this one is if you were to take every single movie released theatrically in 2004 and lined them up end to end, uh, this would be the last one you should ever fucking watch. So uh, just remember that. Now, we got the P, we got the T. Where do we end? Why we end on the A? And this is, this is poetic. This is beautiful. This is, this is what cinema is all about. It's about these, these echoes, these reflections, this book ending. And this movie's great because, uh, I watched it on a plane and it's called Ambulance. So I watched Ambulance on a plane. You see how we brought it all back around, Myros? You fucking like that, huh? You like that shit? Boy, if only it didn't involve watching Ambulance. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I like this. Sean will back me up. The vanguard of of high taste in cinema, Sean Glennis. I think he really liked this. I liked it just fine. This is on the plane level for me. Uh, Sean also also, likes Transformers. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He's on that. Uh, he's on that vulgar auteur kick that Twitter loves, which would be, you know, whatever. <laughs> let him. Let him at it. Let him have it. Yeah. Now, I, I did enjoy this. I was on an airplane, so you know, full focus. Also, I uh, when I as soon as I landed, I felt really horrible, and I, I felt terrible on the plane too. I thought I just had a hangover. Uh, turns out I had COVID, so I had like a really high fever when I was watching this, and I think that may have contributed. But oh, see, uh, I thought it, you were going to say this movie just gave you a headache because of the uh, approximately two billion cuts occurring within the thing. <laughs> no, it's uh, the thing is with ambulances. Sometimes you got to ask yourself: you're on an airplane, you're flying overseas, 
And what do you want? And for me, I, I said, I wish I could watch Heat, but it's really stupid and no one stops talking for more than five seconds. And and this is exactly what I have, right? It's Here, dumb here's my here's <laughs> my thing about ambulance. I watched Ambulance opening day in an IMAX cinema. A oh, big shit. fucking uh, screen the size of a barn wall, and I... So a little bit bigger than the screen I watched it on. A little, just a little, yeah, and probably a little louder, too, I'd imagine. And uh, I just sat yeah. there for the whole movie um, and just kind of was like, man, this seems like it should be exciting. Um, and that, that was my right... And I, I don't hate this movie. I think it's an interesting movie. It was kind of nice, actually, too. And I didn't watch all of the movie, I've got to admit, for this, because it's fucking really long it's absurdly long film it's like two and a quarter hours long there's no need for it to be that it's based on a danish film that is literally 76 like 76 minutes long or so <laughs> he like, just doubled it Michael yeah, he just fucking doubled just, it <laughs> just doubled it up and then like f multiply the number of edits by about four thousand. but uh, it was interesting going back and re-watching portions of it you know, on my computer and just being able to like cycle back and forth through scenes. Like it, there's no question. I, like, I think it's kind of interesting to see it like this. Um, Michael Bay absolutely has a theory of action and a theory of editing and a way of doing things. And uh, there's a lot of really impressive stuff in there and he is trying to disguise it as much as he can. It's, it just, it's a bad idea what he is doing. And I understand what he's trying. He's trying to achieve this kind of like, momentous forward movement this dynamism um like as much as this film has like a big bank heist sequence that is clearly meant to reference heat to put heat in your mind which is a really ballsy thing to do when you are michael bay and not michael mann because it's not going to work <laughs> that well but um you know if if anything what he inter what michael bay internalized from heat is uh, that, you know, you should never get attached to a stunt that you're not willing to walk out before it's barely even happened in, like, three seconds or less. And that's what this movie is about. It's about Michael Bay taking a bunch of real-life shit, doing a whole bunch of really cool stunt stuff, like, this is a lot of this is practical. He smashed a whole buttload of real fucking vehicles to bits to make this movie. Didn't use CG for a lot of it. Um... And he just, he, he did all of that, and then he just tried to edit that out. Uh, the, the movie has just an absurd amount of, of edits in the middle of, of beautiful stunt work, just kind of like, because he's, he's so busy keeping moving forward. He's like the shark who can't stop. And so all of his action, and this is why it doesn't work for me. And like, I mean, all I can say is equivocally is, is like, an action movie, I know it's good because I feel it. Like, I feel, you know, you tense up, you get excited, you get involved. And, like, uh, when I watch Ambulance, when I watched Ambulance in IMAX, in a ginormous screen with the sound just barreling down on me, I just, I just sat back in my seat. I just, it was just a totally just like, okay, whatever. Like, nothing. No response whatsoever. Well, there's ways, like, that you have to make certain things work. I mean, there's levels of this movie that are just don't work in any way but as far as like engaging with the action that's occurring on screen even it's just like i feel like it's 20 minutes into the movie when they they hatch this plan like oh fuck we're fucked in this uh, ambulance we gotta we gotta figure out a way and and they pull up this thing where there's like oh there's a lot with six ambulances in it uh we we ran this thing back in afghanistan where you know one car <laughs> came in and five came out so they set this up 
And I don't think they execute that plan until about an hour and a half into the fucking movie. I'm just like, why? <laughs> There's a lot of movie to, to get through inexplicably. So don't mention the fucking <laughs> one car in, five car out until five fucking minutes before you do it. Like, what's the point of setting that up and then waiting for the audience to just get bored and forget about it entirely and then execute it in a way that doesn't really... Why do they paint the, the the ambulance green? That that doesn't seem to make it more inconspicuous and easily confused with Just a the other harder. cars that pull out a switcheroo. Track it by helicopter. Yeah, uh, you know, the, it's there's there, there's an enormous amount of stuff in this film, and that's confusing too to watch. Like it's it's in a remarkably bloated kind of like stuffed full film. Uh, full of politics that would be subversive if they made any sense whatsoever. Um, like, for example, I mean, our, our lead character, uh, one of them, there's the two brothers are at the center, and one of them is a returning veteran whose wife needs experimental surgery. He can't afford it because his insurance company have said that it's experimental, so she's going to die, essentially. And it's like this tremendous setup of, like, you know, of a very real element of the U.S., you know, which is basically, like, if you don't have lots and lots of money in the U.S., you'll, you could just die here entirely, just get unlucky, like, they don't care. You can go sacrifice your safety and everything in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, the country doesn't give a shit when you get home. They don't care. They didn't care when you were out there either. And the war in Afghanistan didn't really matter either. You know, there's, and there's all these levels to it that are like seemingly very, you know, like would uh, totally not associate with the fact that you would associate Bay has because of his like maximalist action charge, a kind of a tense. You, you would tend to associate him with a sort of a, you know, a, a, a flag-waving jingoism, you know, and this is the movie of a man who fucking hates America, um, but you then realize, no, it's it's it doesn't seem like that. It seems like, like, Bay is a propagandist, but he's a propagandist for just the individual, and I think he loves America, but he loves America as this concept that America is just a land of individuals, and he despises every institution and facility in america that would forge an actual society but boy he loves people and in this movie he lionizes every single person uh, no matter how counterintuitive it is almost the the heist guys are all he doesn't really lionize them i guess they're just a bunch of fucking morons one of them shows up with sandals for some reason that's his character trait is he wears sandals to a bank robbery and then he slips and he gets run over and it's like okay thanks <laughs> you Michael. would think that guy would be a character right they, they go out of nah. the way to give him this like specific trait and and make and a him girlfriend. like extra psychotic and then he just dies fucking immediately yeah. you know but everyone else it's like okay so we've got the returning veteran and he's he's got he's only in this for the money to pay for his wife because he, he loves her so much and they've got a family and, and america's going to kill his family so he's he's got to do this his brother who is an adopted brother he's he was adopted into their family uh he's basically a hardened career criminal but he's he's ambitious and he's smart and he just he lives outside the realms of society or whatever uh you know then we've got the the ems character she's just really good at being an ems person but she's kind of like impersonable because otherwise being an ems person would drive you nuts you know it would just it would uh you know, it would get you down. And then all the cops are great, too, They're because they're just there to pursue. They're so good at pursuing criminals. All And they have so much technology. Like, it's absolutely techno-fetishist 
bent to the film that's absolutely overwhelming like jesus christ uh you know and and, and there's all these things and like you know, bay seems sympathetic to all of them and the fbi show up and there's a gay couple which is really funny in the way that bay implements it in the most meaningless way that almost Good feels Lord. progressive until you realize like honestly one of them could have been a chihuahua it wouldn't matter to like the why the movie. fuck's that guy a character <laughs> in the movie like what, what the fuck is that fbi agent doing in this goddamn movie and why isn't it just like Garrett but Dillahunt he's got a cute dog. is the FBI. Like, what the fuck's the point of introducing well, think, this guy like his, 80 minutes? <laughs> his concept is that he's supposed to then humanize Jake Gyllenhaal's character as being like the best at bank robberies, even though he hires morons who don't know how to do the job properly. Which, like, imagine Heat if Robert De Niro hired like eight Wayne Grows. That'd be like, that's who Jake Gyllenhaal is. And he's like supposed to be the best at this. Well, like, and you film. also don't get to like live in the world of the robbery at fucking all. It's just like, no. oh, they're, they're standing behind the counter with guns. It's like, what? <laughs> it, it, there's no, this, maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> Michael Bay is, is just so hyper interested in the individuals. Then he needs to have fewer fucking individuals in his goddamn movies. Because the effect of this is that by drawing sympathies with every character, whether they have one fucking line or are the, the, the ostensible lead of the film, is that this has no center. It, 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 there is no protagonist. There's no... I have no idea who I'm meant to be rooting for in this fucking movie, quite frankly. I think that's part of it. Bay rejects the center. He rejects the concept mm -hmm. of anything in this. Like, this film is literally, it is just like a, a thing fall. It's just an object in motion. And motion is the only thing that defines ambulance. There is nothing else in it. It is just, it is perpetual motion for 136 minutes or whatever. It never stops. Never rests never slows down, just absolute perpetual motion. Is that satisfying? Not to me at all. No, it doesn't make any no. goddamn sense. It's but, like if you know, you're training to be an astronaut and are in that fucking spinning ball for about four <laughs> hours. Yeah, I get out and puke my goddamn guts out. That's basically it. And then, But, like, I, I will acknowledge, this is, an, like, Michael Bay is, he's, he's a director. He's constructed something here. I don't know why. I don't think it's an advisable thing to do, but you know what? He did it, and it's there. It's it's only like no one's making shit like this. Certainly not on this level. Uh, it's 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 there, and some of it's cool. I mean, the drone camera work in this is genuinely like I can see this is pointing forward towards something. Someone who's a little better at this could do some really cool shit with it. Bay is doing cool shit with it, but he. He he can't slow down to center anything. I was I was I posted about this on Twitter and everyone got really mad at me because whatever because people love this movie. A lot of people I don't know right, and, and they're like it's cool it's just rad and it's like it's it's fucking boring. Like I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry, but you know, um, I, but it struck me as kind of like you know what constitutes a good action sequence and i suppose you know any good stunt has to have like some sense of motion and beginning and middle and end like there has to be you know kind of a setup and a movement and a payoff and any good action sequence is a combination a stacking of these kind of elements but um base films are essentially are like a perpetual motion 
There's no setup. There's certainly no payoff. He's too busy. Like, he just cuts away from shit that it's like, anywhere, like stuntmen smash cars, and he's just, he's moving on. Like, he's he's gone before the cars barely even landed from a big crash. Uh, he's, you know, he'll cut away from, like, a big stunt smashing, like, bone-crunching impact and just cut to, like, a stock footage almost of, like, a helicopter flying through the sky or another car driving down the road. Like, these real, what I would describe as, like, you know, low-value action images uh, he doesn't seem to differentiate between them he's he's just he, the cost is the important thing the movement forward um and so he's like his action is always like in media race it's always in the middle of being and happening with no kind of like start or or end which is a fascinating structural principle in theory but i mean i think my takeaway from that is that it's really not effective as a structuring method Otherwise, like his his this film doesn't excite me in the slightest, and I know this. Like if I'd see, I saw this thing on the biggest goddamn screen I could, and just was oh, like absolutely just kind of sat back and wished I'd bought a drink at least. Like you know, yeah. just, that's it. <laughs> I mean, I I think that one of the key factors to successful action is successful character work as well, because I sure, don't, stakes. I could not give a tin fuck about the the outcome of any <laughs> of these action sequences. I'm like, you you have this guy who you're describing his backstory, this, this, uh, will. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like something I give a shit about, but it's not like, I, yeah, his wife is not a character in this fucking movie. She just shows up smiling, holding a baby like twice. And <laughs> it's like, a series his, of semiotic shorts. Like he doesn't even make a conscious decision to go out this bank robbery. He doesn't go, oh, I need the money. He's just like, basically, his brother just kind of like shuffles him out the door and he's just all of a sudden he's robbing a bank. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Which is an insane decision based on it's like, no, I've made a promise. Like, I don't even want to talk to you because my wife doesn't hate you. And it's like, okay, do you want to face down 30 years to life in an armed bank robbery that I kind of threw together with a man wearing sandals? It's like, yeah, and no, the fuck it. Okay, yeah. Well, like, what? Well, it's it's the afternoon. I got nothing else planned. It's, it's This is classic Bay, though. It's, it's a guy. It's not just any guy who gets like, oh, you know, uh, his brother shuffles him off to rob a bank. He's a fucking troop, Myro. So you, that's it's about the troop respect here, or the disrespect that he's facing. Really. It it is absolutely that, that the element, like for Michael Bay, it's like that opening sequence. That's the relatively slow opening sequence. It's like he's on the phone to an insurance company. It's a very much you know something we can all relate to. You know, you're calling some faceless bureaucracy that's saying no, and no one can help you. And it's it's basically the face of you know modern modernity, honestly. Um. And they, you know, he loves his wife and he's just had a kid and it's like, but, and then they have a couple of flashbacks to when he was a kid himself and he was like, you know, young and out on the streets and he was taken in by this other family, this wonderful act of kindness. Uh, but it turns mm. out that the man who did this was a psychotic bank robber, <laughs> which is an interesting, interesting choice in and of itself. But like Bay is working in these shortcuts and these very charged emotional images, which is could maybe work but he's he's also based on the way he he kind of just catapults through them suggests perhaps he's he's making them do more work than they are possibly ever capable of doing to actually center any of this and and you know by the end of it yeah it's, it's like i mean at a certain point for some reason uh jake gyllenhaal's character just convinces some la gang to fucking 
essentially murder an entire squadron of police officers with a minigun stuck in a fucking car. As like, who the hell is taking that heat on? Who? What is any of this happening? Because I it thought the plan cool. was just to get five ambulances and uh, drive them off from under an overpass. <laughs> no Where's way. Minigun. You, you gotta have a fucking lowrider with a with a minigun strapped to the top. That fucking kicks ass. And it's like, okay, it looks cool. And it's like, you know what? It do- it looks cool. It's a great scene. If fucking Michael Bay would just slow down enough to center this as an ad like my, my ultimate takeaway of this is that the way that michael bay shoots all this stuff and he's doing all this practically and there's like and some of the the i mean in the run-up to this one of the videos of the stunt take leaked of like there's a big huge explosion where they where an ambulance smashes through several police cars and there's police officers stuntmen obviously in the foreground and there's this ginormous explosion and men running towards the camera with uh you know with explosions coming at them and it looked just dangerous and i believe a camera got hit like one of the cars rolled to a stop like hitting a camera and there was much discussion online about like uh was anyone actually in control here and like michael bay and several other people came in and they're like no it was that's actually what we planned it's fine and i don't know you know and people weighing in on either side like i'm a stunt coordinator who was trying to post on the internet and i think that looks really unsafe and then someone else has come back and is like i've been a stunt coordinator for eight it's dickety years and i think that's actually that's the way we run it we we call that the camera nudge or whatever you know it's like nonsense shatter online but ultimately bay did all of this and the end result he has edited into a kind of weightless miasma that is to me indistinguishable from the holy cg antics of a marvel movie like sure. he has he has reduced all of this tactile work to a kind of a mulch that is it just completely ineffectual and it's really disappointing i mean i was joking with you guys beforehand i think like michael bay shot like a four star action movie and then just edited it into a two star action movie like he just he really just fucked it and, yeah, and if, I, if I were still going this i'd be mad at him frankly. sure sure the other thing you lose beyond character is that is what you're describing in playing that sort of like raw professional competence that a movie right. like he is so invested in like it's i get no sense of what any of these characters are capable of i don't know what jake gyllenhaal is supposed to be doing here is he a hyper competent bank robber what what evidence is there of that is he a violent man i don't know i know nothing and, and there's the same with the police like is Garrett Dillahunt's character like some excellent uh, police captain or something? Who the fuck knows? All the police are. are <laughs> is this like an army of regenerating robots who have like a god's eye that sees all and they just show up wherever and it's just like it's the joy of the michael bay movie is yeah is that the police basically have this just huge panopticon with eyes everywhere and we are completely unaware of whether that's good or bad (laughs) (laughs) that's again it's classic michael bay it's like you know that's this is he's the words i just don't use the same sentence you guys could have your (laughs) your fucking twitter reappraisal me i i i think he should have just quit after he made the rock and we'd be good to go Yeah. I mean, The Rock is it's classic. Well, to, I to think you know it's classic because the characters in this movie just continuously discuss it as, as well true. as bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, to, to give this movie its due, um, there is, I think, like one really great comic 
element, like one great comedy scene, something that, say, Taxi, a fucking full-fledged comedy feature film neglected to include. Uh, this movie does have a great sequence where they're trying to do, like, a fucking spleendectomy or some shit in the back of a, like, racing ambulance, and they're, like, patching in doctors on the golf course on their cell phones, and she's like, I'm sending you over the info now, as if ambulances have, like, just a built-in function to send cardio, like, yeah. cardiac info <laughs> via Bluetooth to distant cell phone shit like they can read that while facetiming it's absolutely absurd it's a wonderfully silly funny sequence and then it ends with like you know like a shock joke that's like absolutely the highlight of the film for me like that's absolutely the one part where it all coalesces into something because i think honestly like bay's bay's perpetual motion probably serves comedy and absurdism better than action and excitement i think you know maybe that's maybe the whole movie was that we'd really have something but we you know we've got some moments of it at least well that scene ends in such a confusing way too and at that point i was a little frustrated with how like no one was dying in this entire fucking thing. It was just like this endless fucking pursuit where everything cars would flip over and people just walk off and dust off their pants and, and no one was, there was no tangible impact to any of this. And it, it, it occurred with that surgery as well, where it it's punctuated by this guy's spleen, like exploding everywhere. They're like, well, if the spleen ruptures, he's dead. And they're like, his spleen ruptures. And they're like, well, I guess he's fine. <laughs> I'm like, could somebody fucking die in this goddamn <laughs> movie for sake? Yeah, and I mean, and it all comes down to, I mean, ultimately, like, our characters making the ultimate, you know, sacrifice for both brothers, but also for this one poor cop who decided he had to keep going back to the bank to fucking pester some poor fucking bank attendant that he had a hard-on for. It's, it's just a wonderful film full of just antagonisms that are impossible to impossible to keep track of because it's just as it like it's honestly like just uh three thousand different like notes written on little slips of paper put in a fucking like bingo roller and just swung around uh who the hell knows is you know ambulance is just there's stuff happening all the time there's never a point where nothing's <laughs> happening mm -hmm. you know i last thing i'll say on on ambulance uh i i agree that like the the bayassance <laughs> that film fans seem to be uh, reassessing his work. I, I don't know if it's there for me. I feel like it started with Pain and Gain in, in 2013. And, you know, uh, since then he's made like Six Underground, obviously Ambulance, 13 Hours, things like that, more Transformers bullshit. Uh, none of it really hits for me. I think Ambulance is like the one thing from this Bay era that I, I enjoyed. Uh, going back, though, God, it's been like 20 years since he really made something that I cared about, Bad Boys 2. Uh, and then, of course, you got uh bad boys one and 95 and and the rock which are both fantastic uh but really we're overlooking his greatest work because as you know uh he was a pretty prolific music video director before he shifted over to action films and did you know that he was the director of the video for the divinals i touch myself and i think that will stand as his greatest artistic achievement moving forward uh but that being said i, th I think we got to wrap things up uh myros you a big divinals fan I that song I've I've heard it enough times in my life. I think I I'm good on the I'm good on the divinals for now. You know, <laughs> stole that one away. I was hoping. I think you were about to say I'm good on touching myself. Uh, that would have been an erotic way to end. Well, I mean, what kind of life is that, Steve? Well, you always got to keep that in your your back pocket. You know, well, you know what's what, Adam you know, going to put over this week? 
<laughs> yeah, what are, you, what are you putting over this week, Myros? Uh, I'm I'm going to put over uh, Kriya Cuervos um, because, yeah, uh, Sara just passed on a key figure of the uh, new Spanish cinema of the late Franco era. And uh, yeah, Kriya Cuervos is something I watched recently and is very excellent. Uh, everything's always coded in these fascist states at that time. So it, it's it's very much like looking at the death of Franco and the country's future through the lens of this, uh, trio of sisters, uh, who have lost their parents. And, uh, it's a very morbid movie, uh, quite sad at times, but also, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really touching stuff. So I, I would recommend, uh, Korea Cuervos. I think you can find it on the Criterion channel. All right, Jack, what are you putting over this week? Uh, I, you know, I'm just going to put over a movie from 2005 called Ambulance. Uh, it's made in Denmark. Uh, it, got a, it got later remade in a movie. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, not, not a bad movie. It's 75 minutes long. It's about two brothers who try a bank heist and end up uh, trying to escape in an ambulance. Uh, the heist and getting in the ambulance uh, is all established in, I believe, at the first three minutes of the film perhaps and then it just it just rolls from there it's it kind of starts off like a kind of a comedy there's actually a couple of, like interesting little dark jokes in it that very danish kind of dry dark humor and then just kind of turns into like a little family chamber drama about these two these two brothers and there are their conflicted reasons for both of them being involved in this bank robbery that's gone horribly awry uh not not exactly like you know must see entertainment but i would say certainly a more cogent interesting film than michael bay's ambulance so if you can find a copy of it it's around online i don't know if it's ever been released in the u.s or not yeah check out uh, ambulance as directed by uh loritz munch peterson well i was going to put over the ai 24 7 streaming seinfeld thing that was going oh, on oh no it's gone but steve it's I know it's gone. It got banned just from Twitch Twitter because, or they're just from Twitch, right? I mean, it might still be running somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't know if they put it back up somewhere, but uh, I they, apparently they're going to have to retool it because they wanted like a 15 minute fucking freeze up. And then Jerry Seinfeld made some transphobic rants. Uh, you know, that's that's what happens with AI. It just it, eventually it sits around long enough and, and becomes transphobic. But uh, no, it, it was it was really fucking funny and really weird and great. And it was the perfect thing. If you just needed something in the background to just kind of have as ambient noise, it was, it was wonderful. So, uh, RIP transphobic AI Seinfeld, but Hey, uh, since I can't put that over because it's gone, uh, why did I put over taxi from 1998? The, uh, Luke Besson movie. Have I seen it? No. Can I confidently say that it's better than the 2004 remake starring Jimmy Fallon? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to put over this week. Anyway. To be fair, Steve, it's not really a Luke Besson movie. It's just a uh, Europa Corp, which which also the remake uh, is Europa Corp. But I think he yeah, wrote it. So writ written and <laughs> written and produced by Luke Besson. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's got his fingerprints all over it and it's it's directed by Gerald Piret. Very very much so. a, a Besson film and of course also a very early role for a an actress by the name of Marion Cotillard who so if if you're in any way interested in that she's not really in the movie for for very long 
Uh, yeah. But you know, she she is there. That's part of her career. You guys remember when when they gave her an Oscar for La Vie and Rose, and then no one ever watched that movie ever again. <laughs> I've I've never seen that movie, but I have seen Taxi. Yeah. Well, it's let's just. Like I was hoping Luke Besson stayed far away from her on set. That's all we can hope. What was the last time anybody thought about Coda? You ever sit down and think about that? <laughs> I, I legitimately, when it was announced as best picture, uh, I had no idea what it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I, st response. I still barely do. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Keep yourself pure. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, uh, do us a big favor. There's a link in the description and that will take you to our Patreon. And if you go there to our Patreon page, you can give us money. Now, you might be asking yourself, why should I give you idiots money? You don't even like ambulance. And that's a great question. And I think I can answer it by saying, I I'm sorry we that they don't like ambulance. But remember, I do. And I, I watched it with COVID in intently. So I was, I was glued to the screen. So I think these guys were, they were probably on their devices. Real, real screen time lunatics over here. Absolute fucking sickos with their phones all the time, just glued to their faces. So they, they probably weren't even watching. Uh, especially Jack, who was in the theater with his phone out. Oh, yeah, he was in a movie. cinema. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking phone out. No one would have cared. Uh, there, were, there, were, there were three other people in that cinema. I mean, on the opening Friday, <laughs> there were three other people in the cinema, all guys. One was a couple. That was, that was it. That. And no one said a word or made a sound. And when the movie ended, everyone just quietly just got up and left. Mm, mm, beautiful. Anyways, yeah, give us money because podcasting costs money. Like, we've got to pay hosting fees and we've got to <coughs> make sure we sound okay. Uh, Myros has got the consumption. You may have noticed that cough there. He, we could lose him that at any moment. That wasn't even my cough. So. That was, that was oh, me, but I, yeah, I, I could have consumption too. I mean... Yeah, who's, who knows? Anything is possible. Could be cholera. What was the last time you got checked for cholera, Jack? I mean, generally, if I'm coughing, that's the consumption of tobacco, so... <laughs> Which Maybe is also expensive, by the way. You know, also expensive. What is consumption? Consider that. Is, is cons yeah, that's true. Cigarettes are expensive. How are we going to buy smokes and booze? We can't do that no. unless people give us money. Is consumption cholera? What the fuck is consumption? No, consumption anyway? is, is uh, cholera is that uh, like water transit. No, maybe I'm I think it's TB. Tuberculosis is consumption. That's yeah. a different. It's a long thing. Uh, so consumption is different. Okay. Oh, no. Consumption is tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we just said, okay. Steve. <laughs> oh, no. I thought you were saying cholera was basically... I, no. I don't fucking... I don't know diseases. Do I look like a... Do I, got I, was, I was actually misdiagnosed with... Am, am I a guy with, who drives an ambulance? I, I, I was actually misdiagnosed with, with uh, consumption when I first came over to the US. They screened it. They took an x-ray of my lungs. They're like, you might have tuberculosis. And I was like, I think I would know. I don't uh, think I don't like, said consumption. Like you fucking visited. I don't, he probably, <laughs> he probably didn't say that. But anyway, and they were just like, you might, and then they were like, but probably not. So anyway, just and they signed off and it was fine. And I didn't. I I Dude, think I would have realized again. Dope. So, you know, it, medical you know, did, did you just you like go find a home near the water where it was easier on your lungs? That was <laughs> the doctor's old west recommendation. I just like the idea of Jack getting off a fucking plane from Ireland and he just he's just like coughing blood into a dirty rag or something like <laughs> the fuck give me i should i should have passed through got the full ellis island fucking experience but you know i don't yeah. think i'm coughing now maybe maybe it's it's long consumption it's what i've yeah, got that's gotta be that's gotta be what it is the point is all these things cost money maybe jack needs a fucking chest x-ray we don't know it's impossible to say but don't worry if you give us money it's not like you don't get something in return because for the low cost of whatever the fuck you feel like donating, if you live in the continent of the United States, 
I will send you a movie from my personal collection. So don't even think of it as supporting us. Just think of it as we're a bunch of fucking losers who own a lot of physical media and one of us is going to ship some of it to you. And you're basically playing roulette. A couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, and, and you just get a free thing in the mail. How fun is that for you? Now, I mean, I might you encourage donate, you to think of it as supporting us so that you, you don't just sign up for like one month and get your DVD and fucking peace the fuck out. You, you could also <laughs> say to yourself, I, I, we're, we're helping support these, these idiots. So uh, that, that's also yeah. a thought. That's true. Feel good about yourself. It's a real charity case over here. Uh, but yeah, so it, you know what? And at higher levels, if you decide you want to, you know, really go all in with your optimism vaccine support at the $5 level unlocks more perks. You can vote in polls that we occasionally have for uh, different episodes. Uh, you know, choose, choose what it's going to be. We, I think the last one we did was, uh, that was the, the spaghetti sharks, right? So mm -hmm. anything is possible truly. And extra bonus. You get your name right out in the air. So who are five and above uh, donators right now? Uh, we have Hoofy Hoof, CWW, Evan, Ryan, Dustin, and Paula. That's wonderful. Uh, also, I, I, CWW, if you're out there, I want you to know I thought fondly of you. I was, I was in Chicago uh, on a business trip and uh, avoiding Jack at all costs. And uh, I was wandering down an alley to try and find some fucking production warehouse that I got bad directions to. And there was... On the ground, there's a manhole, and I was staring down at it while I was trying to call someone to figure out where the fuck I was, and it said CWW on it. I, said, I wonder if, if he lives in the sewer, our, our patron. Maybe he does. Who knows? But anyways, uh, yeah, so you can, you can give us money, and then no matter what uh, the level you choose to donate at, it unlocks a big backlog of all kinds of old Optimism Vaccine uh, podcasts that you can only get through Patreon, and of course, a bunch of written content as well, all kinds of goodies. So that's very exciting for you. And then, and then, if you're feeling very rich, let's say you just want a scratch-off ticket. How fun is that for you? And you say, what am I going to do? I just want a scratch-off. And you're like, I think I'm going to donate to Optimism Vaccine to the $25 level. Well, then you get to dictate an entire episode. Anything you want. Adam Myro's hentai extravaganza. It's available. We can do it. So think about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we had this question come up in the email. This is this is just a one-time thing. I mean, if you if we bill you for twenty-five bucks for a month, uh, feel free to step back down to the lower level if you can't afford that all the time. This is a one-time thing. You donate twenty-five, you can call an episode. You, you don't have to do it for a year or something ridiculous. No, we're not in yeah. this to to be some grand profiteers. It, it, it's just uh, <laughs> you know, you, this is a, this is a thing. You want to bump it up for a month. Uh, we will give you your request. It's 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 not uh doesn't need to be a continuous thing, you know. If we are grand profiteers, we are fucking that up badly. Yeah, in, we're not doing a great in job in all aspects of life for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, fucking it up badly. The optimism vaccine story. I think I've been running uh, in, yeah. in the red for the last uh, almost forty <laughs> years. <laughs> That's the way to do it, baby. Uh, yeah. So. If you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, optimismvaccine at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine. We'd love to hear from you. Adam Myros loves a good email. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. So we will be back next week. Bye.